0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at BlogTalkRadio.com/slash/WideMenCan'tJump and at WideMenCan'tJump.com. Here's the best pod in sports, bringing you all the NBA highlights, analysis, and even some college basketball analysis as well. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. News and CanBay.com. You can find this show at iTunes, Podcast Addicts, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find podcasts, as well at WidemenCan'tJump.com. Now let's go to the flagship program and this episode of Wide Men Can't Jump. Welcome back. It's Wide Men Can't Jump. It's Nate on the air with you. And before we get going, game three is tonight. You're going to get all of our post-game reactions to what happened in game three between the Warriors and the Raptors. What a game it was indeed as we are wrapping up here. It's a little closer than what many would think it would be, but it looks like, again, there's still two, two minutes left in the game. I believe the Raptors are going to pull it off as they're up 12 with about two and a half to go, unless something dramatic happens. But before we get into dramatic, and before we get too far ahead of ourselves, let's go ahead and take a, a listen from the great sponsors on this program. Let's hear from the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or, again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. That's our great sponsor, the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. Be sure to show Stephen some love. He's a great sponsor. And coming soon, more on Stephen P. New and a little conversation I had with him along with my co-host and cohort, who's joining me now from the great white north, the man, the myth, the legend that is TD Tim (laughs) Dombrova.
2: Crank up that Gary Glitter tunes. Looks like the Raptors
1: have got this one in the bag. Gary Glitter. Wow, I haven't heard that name in a hot minute. Rock and roll part two. There you go, (laughs) sir. Thank you.
2: Oh, beautiful three. This game, I think, is done. I think that's going to be. Yeah, uh,
1: it it seems as though that uh, the Raptors are going to pull away with this one here and. Man, oh, man, what a game it was. We're going to dive really deep into this game, Tim. Uh, initial thoughts coming out of this, though, as the Raptors look like they're going to be up 2-1 to one heading into game four. What's your initial thoughts as a Canadian here?
2: Well, it seemed to me, Nate, that uh, it, we've, we've basically proven the, the theory that one star is not enough.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, very Cur, much so. Cur,
2: you know, Curry is what, at uh, 47 points, you know, they let, he got his and then some. Oh, but yeah, definitely, it, definitely. But without tough. it, but, but without anybody else answering much, I guess Damon Green had 17, but that's uh, peanuts when you go over and look at the Raptors. I mean, look at that balanced, you know, they're starting five, you know, 16, 30, 14, 23, 18 at this point. Um, Yeah, Toronto played played a really good game, but I still got—I mean, I got to wonder if the results are different if Thompson and/or Durant is in the lineup. But be that as it may, they were not, so you know, full marks to Toronto. But I don't know—I watched this game; it didn't really ever feel like uh, it was really in doubt.
1: Yeah, it was never really close in um, that that feeling. That feeling was that Golden State never really had a shot. Um, once Toronto got a nice lead. I'm looking at Golden State. They got three guys in double figures. One is Andre Iguodala, who I just felt like Iguodala could not – he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat tonight. Um, But he actually shot well. Maybe it was just my perspective. Four of eight from the field, two of six from three, though. So struggled shooting three, only 11 points. Draymond Green had 17 and 7. He went 6 of 14 from the floor. 2 of 6 from 3 as well. Steph Curry is really the only bright spot tonight. 47 for Curry. 8 rebounds. 7 assists. 2 steals. And he was 14 of 31. And he only he, he he only went 42% from 3 so far. And by the way, he finally missed a free throw. Uh, yeah, they so. seem
2: to be content to they were. They. They seemed to be happy to let him shoot that three from from way out there, uh, but they didn't give him anything easy from anywhere closer. And that that kind of uh, seemed to be sort of the uh, the game plan tonight was well, if they're going to launch him up from you know five feet beyond the the three point line, we're going to let them do that. And they mind you, Toronto shot pretty good from three two tonight for a change. So.
1: Well, Toronto shot the ball well, but let's look at Golden State's side first here. Uh, And we're going to be joined um, here in a little bit uh, by a guest who's going to talk with us about the game. Uh, He should be joining us here this evening. But Golden State, um, they were smothered in this game. The Raptors' defense was was very, very well done. Early on in the game, the Raptors—excuse um, me, there—the Raptors were out uh, closing out on three-point shooters constantly. There was no good looks really for the three-point shooters. Draymond Green threw up a few air balls. At one point, there was more air balls than made shots for the Warriors. Was that, it was ugly.
2: Yeah, was it just me, or was there a lot of uh, what I would consider to be poor shot selection on the part of Golden State?
1: Oh, absolutely. And and that's the problem with Golden State. When you look at them, isn't, like, most of their shots actually bad shots when you get down to it? But when they go in, nobody really says anything. Where I come from, those are bad shots.
2: Well, they live on the – I mean, they're kind of used to living on the three, though, to some degree. And without Durant, who is pretty much their – Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but you're like, like I haven't seen like Toronto's they've they've taken the ball under the hoop a time or two. I don't see much of that from golden state where their actual plan is to, to get inside and score underneath. They basically, they get it over half court. And if anybody's even close to being
1: open up, it goes.
2: (laughs) And It just wasn't successful tonight.
1: Can I make one argument though with this? You can. Golden State is better. Well, let me see. Let me let me think. I'm going to word this. Golden State is worse off missing Durant versus missing Thompson than they are missing Durant. Oh, that's impossible. I think Clay Thompson is more important to this team than Kevin Durant. If that and that sounds absurd. Now, am I saying that Clay Thompson is better than Kevin Durant? Absolutely not. And that's not even a point to argue. Clay Thompson, though, to this Warrior team on both sides of the ball is absolutely more important to this Warrior team. Because if anybody noticed tonight, who was the guy that everybody felt like had the better looks. While if you look at the box score, um, you can look Kawhi had a nice game. He had a big game. But if you look at it as the game has went work. final, by the way, 123-109 to 109 is the final. Uh, Raptors win. They lead the series now 2-1. to one. Who was the guy, though, that felt like he really got going in a big way tonight? That was Kyle Lowry, if you ask me. Kyle Lowry had a very nice ball game. 23 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds, a little, a steal a block, a went 50%, 50% from, from the
3: field. Damage.
1: Yeah, 50% from the field, 50% from the three-point line. Very nice game. Finished in the plus-minus at plus 14. That's tied for second highest on the team. Um, Clay Thompson's normally that guy that you're going to switch coming off a of screen there with Kyle Lowry. And he's the guy who's going to play out front, and his defensive presence was completely missed tonight. Uh, The defense that Klay Thompson plays is very underrated. He's an excellent defender. He gets into guy's grill, and he does a great job. So I think tonight Klay Thompson was missed more than Kevin Durant. While Kevin Durant is the better player, Thompson to me is the guy that the Warriors needed tonight. Because with Thompson in the lineup, Tim, I think Golden State made a game out of this. Because it changes the whole dynamic. It changes that entire team.
2: They can't defend Toronto cannot defend if Thompson and or Durant for that matter is in the lineup. They can't defend the uh, Golden State the way they did tonight, which was basically
1: Absolutely not. Swarm they can't
2: swarm swarm Curry when he's under the basket or near the basket. And if he's way out there, like I said, they were content to let him have his looks. And he did I mean forty seven points, nothing to stop at. But that's all they had. Yeah. They didn't have anything and,
1: else. So. And the bigs for Toronto did a great job. Uh, Mark Gasol played really well tonight. Uh, oh, well, he well. ended up 17 points, seven boards, four assists for him. Uh, even even Serge Ibaka, you know, you look, quiet night here, six six points, five rebounds, but six blocks. Man, oh, man, what a game and, in the blocks department for Ibaka.
2: And, time, and good timing blocks. Those weren't blocks in the first quarter. Those were all. Yeah. Most of those were in the fourth when they really mattered. Thing I liked about Toronto's game tonight too, which I hadn't noticed previously, was uh, a lot of guys. the um, all I noticed. Uh, a lot of talk and a lot of looked like leadership out there on the. You know, didn't get too low, didn't get too high. Everybody just kind of yeah. played their game. And uh, they, they, you know, they they played within what Toronto can play. If Toronto plays like that. I mean, they 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 give Golden State a fairly decent run, even with their full lineup. They maybe don't beat them, but we got at least close games. But if the Golden State plays like, if that's all they got, they're in trouble.
1: No, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. Um, I think Thompson will be back for the next game. I think we can almost guarantee that. Well,
2: the the rumor was that they were pretty worried that. Uh, with what was with the hamstring that they didn't want to. Now, how many days off have they got here again?
1: Three. Uh next game is on Friday. Friday, so
2: so, so, so not that many. The rumor not I as many heard, as the I, last one. Right. What I what I had heard is that they already knew when they left Toronto that he wasn't playing the that. They they had already were well aware of that and that they were worried with the hamstring that they didn't want him to go out there, uh, try to do too much, and then be gone for the whole series. So he gets another two days of rest. There's no travel for them. So, so, I mean, he'll get another two days of doctoring in him. Um, I would have to say, I'll I'll just go out there and say, if he doesn't play the next game and Durant doesn't play the next game, I'm not so sure we're going to see either of those guys for the rest of the finals. If they don't come, if they don't come in when they could go down three to one headed back to Toronto, that means they're hurt worse than anybody's letting on.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I think that um, I think they're going to need at least one of them. I think honestly, if I'm the Warriors, I'm evaluating both of those guys and I'm saying which one is worse, which one could come back and play, which one should be the guy who doesn't. That doesn't have the biggest risk of re- getting re-injured. I think uh, I think you got to look at that and say, okay, this is the guy that's going to play. The other guy's got to.
2: Well, stay. what are are either? I mean, uh, uh,
1: Thompson's not known for being a pussy, uh,
2: from what I know as far as injuries go. Anyway, no, I don't he's know definitely the, not. I don't, I don't think I don't know if you can say the same thing about Durant necessarily.
1: He, he, you know, I'll he may say this a, with Durant. He, I'll
2: say this. He may have, a, he may have a bit of he, he may have a bit of diva in him. Is all I'm saying.
1: He's got a lot of stuff going on, but I, I will honestly say, he's not the kind of guy that misses time just to miss time.
2: No, but 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 you've got those guys that that are hurt and don't play, and then you've got that other uh, you've got that next tier of guys who. Could go out there, you know, with half a leg and still be effective and gut it out. Some guys just can't gut it out. I'm not, I'm not, throw, I'm not throwing, I'm not throwing around under the bus. And I, I don't know. Either. No, no. I, I'm not saying yeah or nay, but there uh, are guys who don't who don't play well when they're hurt. There are other guys. That's like true. Jordan, Jordan was a beast when he was sick, or you know, not feeling good or whatever. He he was even a bigger. Hassle to play against. Some guys, Larry Bird, you know, when his back was bad, he was even harder to play against because he was really, okay, I'm out here now. I really don't want to lose now. <laughs> I can barely
1: do yeah, cool. we're,
2: we're it. Win, we're winning for damn sure now. So I go yeah,
1: definitely. Points. But uh, let's go ahead. We've got – we're being joined now by our guest. Uh, this is Lance Smith. from. He's a co-founder and editor-writer from the Point Center and Daily Warriors Analysis Analysis.com. Doc- uh, Lance, the big fan of the show. He's been on here several times. Lance, buddy, thanks for jumping on with us. Rough night tonight for
3: you Warrior fans. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me on, as always. I would say a rough night, but I'm in pretty good spirits for two reasons. One is that I still think they got a solid chance. And the other reason is just if, if this is how we're going to go down with the injuries and whatnot this is how I would want them to play. I would want Steph taking on the challenge and being extremely aggressive. And there were times where the, the energy on defense wasn't quite there, but down the stretch when they thought they had a shot um, and some points early in the first half or in the first half, um, the intensity was just really good. So it was a rough night. It was definitely a little disappointing, but overall, I'm, I'm, I'm not too upset with how things played out.
1: Yeah, and, and there was some positives that you could take away from this game. I thought Andrew Bogut played pretty fantastic in his limited minutes. I thought he did a great job, uh, especially towards the end of the second half there where he was really zoned in on defense. He did a great job forcing the Raptors to to take bad shots and maybe get some shot clock violations, things like that. But I thought Bogut did a great job underneath. I was kind of surprised they didn't go to him more in the second half uh, they wanted to go small. I think they felt that was their best look, but to me, McKinney, uh, Bell, you know, those guys, Livingston, they can't guard Gasol, Ibaka, and, and guys like that. You have to have that Durant and Thompson or, and or Thompson out there in order to force those bigger guys to become ineffective because now you're looking at one of the best shooters of all time and a bunch of guys, and you yeah. can – get away with it. I mean, what what did you think about Bogut's performance tonight,
3: though? Uh, I was happy with Bogut. I mean, he's he is, (laughs) you know, he's in better health than he was a few years ago, where sometimes he had a little bit of trouble moving around. When he's he's mobile, he's still one of the better rim protectors in the league, and just general defensive quarterbacks, and obviously he's a space eater and uh, a really good rebounder, so when he's in matchups where he's quick enough to to hang around and the Raptors is the Raptors are a team like that. I'm I, I think he's he's still able to be a huge help to the Warriors and I thought I, I, I thought he was pretty good tonight. Um they are missing Kayvon Looney so much. So 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 much. That's the injury that I am so, so unhappy about and um obviously they put out today that he's gonna miss the whole finals. I am so disappointed about that because Looney, he can match up. I mean, in addition to just being one of the better um, help defenders and and pick-and-roll big men on defense in the NBA, he can match up with both, like, Pascal Siakam holding him in check and also bigger guys like Mark Gasol, who has a a few inches and, you know, 40 pounds on Kayvon Looney, but he can can hang around them and, you know, uh, uh, crash the boards. So I think they're really missing him, but – to, but nights where Bogut is really good and uh, it's just a matchup that he can hang around in quickness-wise, I, I think performances like tonight uh, make him very playable and impactful, potentially, on this series.
1: Yeah, and Looney was a guy that, I, I, I'll i be honest, didn't think they'd miss him as much as they have. They really miss him uh, tonight, especially. Tim? What do you got for Lance here? I know you watched the game as well as I did, and we we kind of talked about it a little bit here. But what what are you thinking
2: Yeah, well, let's not forget, I I don't see what some of you guys see because I'm still the rookie, so to speak. But uh, what I noticed or what I thought, maybe you can address it, was that uh, I didn't see that the Raptors really had to change their approach too much. They were bringing the ball down the court and getting what they wanted to get on the – offensive end. I don't think uh, Golden State played a bad game, though, either, in the same breath. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards what you said earlier, that if that's if that's the best Toronto's got, Golden State's not out of this thing by
3: a long shot yet. Oh, definitely. I, I think the Warriors, it's going to be tough for them to make adjustments when they're a little bit undermanned. Um, man, especially with Looney, but of course, you know, Durant and Clay, both of whom are 20 to 30 point a night scores, it, I, I think that there's there's adjustments they can make. Like, if this is the best Toronto's got, then for one, they just are going to start building a little bit more belief than they already have that they're still totally in this. I mean, like the first half and parts of the third quarter where their defense wasn't very good, all it took was a couple of buckets and a couple of stops and getting back in transition uh, to just – Make them think, hey, you know, if we do bring it defensively every single quarter, then we really do have a shot. So um, I, I don't know how many of these shots are going to fall for Toronto every single night. It's possible they'll keep shooting the lights out, and it's possible that they really won't. Um, but I, I think you're totally right. If this is the best Toronto's got, and it, which it may be and it may not be, then the Warriors definitely have a shot, even missing all the guys they're missing But hopefully if Clay comes back and he's in good form, um, he can just add to what momentum they already gained by hanging around tonight and actually surprisingly making a strong push by the end.
1: Well, game four is a must win for Golden State. They have to win game four. Oh, yeah. Uh, And and I think that's that's a fair thing to say. I also am going to say look out NBA if Danny Green gets into the finals. Good Lord. That guy he just he there's something about some players in the NBA that guys who you know who don't show up at certain times you never see him in the regular season and I'm not saying Green's one of those guys because I think I thought he had a good season but man oh man this dude showed up tonight in a big way and I do again believe it was because of the lack of Clay Thompson because Thompson does such a great job on defense. And Thompson mm-hmm. forces those those shooting guards out of their rhythm. Danny Green has not – like, it, it, let's, just, let's take just a second here. I'm going to go on a little bit of a – I'm not going to say a tirade, but I'm going to get on a soapbox here. Let's just look <laughs> at this complete series here. And Klay Thompson played in the first two games. Danny Green in the first game had 11 points and two rebounds. So, a decent game. Finished at plus two. Not a bad game for Danny Green. Raptors win game one. Now, if you look at game two, Clay Thompson plays again. Eight points, five rebounds. Danny Green finishes at minus three in the loss to the Warriors. Then tonight, uh, Danny Green's a different guy. He's got 18 points, five boards, chasing down blocks from behind. Six of ten from the field, uh, all from three. Shooting 60% from three, plus 11. That is... To me, that just screams we need Clay Thompson on defense.
2: Well, he had some oh. really, really clean looks tonight too. Where he had all day to shoot. I mean, he shouldn't have
3: missed. Yeah, it, exactly. the the amount of open threes were still alarming.
1: Yeah, and and the Warriors weren't able to to do what they do, which is pick up the pace, get down court, push the ball, because let's be honest here, they're really known to push the ball and shoot that transition three. Clay, Durant, Steph all do that. Those are really the only three guys that do that. Um, yeah, if you look Qu- exactly. Quick Cook's not going to do that. Uh, McKinney's not going to do that. Uh, Sean Livingston, that's not his game. Draymond Green, he's more of a spot-up three-point shooter at best. So you had one guy who could really do what the Warriors wanted to do, and when he was able to get the ball out in front and go, they could do it. But when he's only the he's the only guy there, it kind of turns into LeBron syndrome. Uh, just make sure he doesn't do anything, and let's see if the other guys can beat us.
3: 100%. Clay, like you said, Clay is so good in transition because obviously he's one of the best transition three-point shooters the game has ever seen and he's great around the rim finishing layups around bigs and also what we see so much with him is that either he's dribbling and Steph goes out to the wing and one more big man runs to the rim and gets an open dunk or Steph has the ball clay immediately goes to the short corner and then you know someone like Bogut or anyone really gets a wide open dunk um so that's that's a huge that's a huge difference with him gone cuz like you said it's not really Livingston's game I mean Livingston is literally the opposite of a shooting guard and here he is starting at (laughs) shooting guard I mean if you look at the Warriors floor spacing with their starting five tonight it it was Steph of course and then Livingston who does not space the floor at all Iguodala who's been shooting good lately but isn't really known as a knockdown shooter and then Draymond Green and uh, DeMarcus Cousins whose jumper is still uh, rehabilitating I guess I mean, the Warriors are all of a sudden with, with Clay in, they're one of the best three point shooting teams, and with Clay out, with all with Kevin Durant already going out, they go to they go to being one of the worst three point shooting teams, or at least really lacking spacing um, for would be a better way to describe it. Just with Clay going from being in to being out, so it's it's a huge difference. And then also with Clay out, Iguodala has to guard. Kawhi Leonard every single minute where they were taking turns on him the first couple games with reasonable amount of success. Both were doing a good job uh, guarding him and then not having to expend all their energy on the defensive side by then, you know, switching off and having one guy go guard someone who's less demanding. Um, But yeah, Clay, is a huge loss, a huge loss. His value to the Warriors with Kevin Durant being out, Clay, the loss of Clay is five times bigger than what it would be if Kevin Durant wasn't injured. Tim, what else you got?
2: All right. Well, I want to fire this out there, see what you guys have to respond. I, I think now what we might see is uh, coaching is going to get involved in this series now a little more than it has been so far. Um, Steve Kerr, who to me is a pretty good coach, um, he's going to have to go back to his team and go, all right, we we lost by 14, but that's not really that bad. What can I do? I guess it's going to depend, first of all, on whether anybody comes back for uh, the next game or not. Um, but if that doesn't happen, uh, what can they do to exploit uh, whatever Toronto gives them? And Nick Nurse is going to have to be ready for the changes, if that makes sense.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, if you look – go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to say if you look at at the adjustments that that guys made because look at tonight, Nick Nurse uh, clearly had an influence on what Serge Ibaka did down low. Uh, Ibaka played a great game, and he was looking good there, especially down low when uh, early on in the game it looked like he struggled a little because of Boogie Cousins, but Boogie Cousins is not 100%. Uh, He's not moving like he 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 would. Right, He looked like he
2: was kind of hurting, to be
1: honest. Well, I think not only was he hurting, I think he's out of shape. And he just hasn't had a chance to get in playing shape yet. And it shows here, especially here in the finals. And they needed him in this game, and he couldn't deliver. And it's really not his fault. Because that's a tough injury he's healing from, especially for a guy that's seven foot plus. Then you got to factor in the fact he's not in great shape. And now they're asking him to play more minutes than what he's used to. He did a great – I thought he did a good job in the first half. But the second half, Ibaka made adjustments. And if you look, Boogie was more so coming up the court, on especially on on defense. And he was trying to get – and he wasn't staying home. Because you notice Ibaka got some offensive boards there that – that Cousins could have stopped if he were down low, but he wasn't. And he was more so focused on guarding out, if that makes sense, Uh, maybe closing out on shooters. Maybe he was switching on to Siakam more than Ibaka. But, you know, he was more of a defensive liability there in the second half because his offensive game didn't really pick up. And I think that has a lot to do with the injury and and him being – out of shape too. I don't know what you think about that, Lance, but that—that's—that was my take on it.
3: Oh, uh, I 100% agree with everything you said. Absolutely. I mean, it's—it's it's a tough situation for Boogie. He literally—and you, you bring up a great point. On top of the fact that he's recovering from a torn quad, and there's no way it, it, he's even near where he would otherwise be if they weren't in the finals. Like he would be—he would probably be sitting out for a couple more months. And now he's oh, just getting thrown into. Yeah. And, and now he's getting thrown into the fire, he played, let's see, how much did he play tonight? 20 minutes, When they, and they probably would have liked him to play more if he wasn't kind of running out of gas. Um, no, it's a tough situation for him. And Toronto has just, they, I mean, they kind of have a three-headed monster as far as the front court goes. They have Gasol, they have Siakam, and then they have coming off the bench, of, of course, Abaka. Uh, and that, that's three good big men who all pre- pre- present different challenges. So that is really tough for Cousins to match up with. One guy I think they should look at is Damian Jones, who was their starting center for the first couple months of the season when they were playing their absolute best. And then he tore his pec, I think it was early December. Um, But before that, he was their unquestioned starting center, and he was playing probably 18, 20 minutes a game and playing extremely well. Um, He has the size and the athleticism to match up with every single one of those guys. Um, he's six eleven easily. He's long, above average athlete, uh, and pretty strong. So I, I, I think he could hold Gasol in check. Um, he could definitely match up with Ibaka, and uh, and I, I think he could see minutes on Pascal Siakam too. Even so, he's someone. Or at least they should throw in uh, Steve Kerr should throw in at some point next game. He's kind of doing like a I'm going to throw you in, see what you do, and then play it by feel for a game or two based on that strategy right now, which is kind of what he's being forced into doing, I think he could give Jacob, or not Jacob Evans, Damian Jones, uh, some trial for maybe six or seven minutes, extended minutes, uh, if he can, and, and see if maybe he can help too.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, another another person that I saw on the court tonight who, I don't know, maybe if you would consider them ineffective Draymond Green, he you know, he played a decent game, but I feel like we needed more out of him if you're a Warriors fan, especially tonight. This is a guy that's been your number four option for the past couple of years. Uh, he thinks he's worth a max deal. And I felt like tonight Draymond proved he wasn't worth max money. Um, he had a chance to be the, the number two guy on the team. He didn't really step up. He didn't play great. He complained a lot, which is typical for him.
3: Uh there was
1: a lot a lot of griping and moaning from Draymond and there and he to True. me was just Draymond. He he didn't do anything he didn't step up is what I'm saying. He didn't you know, he just did a typical Draymond night. Didn't play great on defense, um was just kinda there. But I don't know. I th- I felt like he let Warrior Faithful down.
3: Mm. I, I kind of agree partially. Um, I mean, you look at the stat sheet, you see 17 points, seven rebounds, four assists. But, like, we, we all know that half of his, his points came in garbage time. Uh, both of those threes, and then I think a layup or something, all came in garbage time. Um, his defense wasn't – I mean, it was good, but it wasn't game-changing, like you said. Um, I guess over the years, these are games we're kind of used to from Draymond, where he, he doesn't necessarily lose the game for us, but he just sort of doesn't show up, and, and it's, or he doesn't really stand out. Um, so you, you bring up a good question with the max contract. I feel like a game like this, because it's what we're used to seeing from him, having great games and then games like this thrown in, I feel like it shouldn't affect whether or not they're necessarily going to give him a max contract because they've kind of already factored games like this in. Um, but whether or not they should give him one in the first place, I'm not sure uh, because it's such an odd situation. I mean, you take a guy who is so – he's both incredible but also a product of the system, and some say he wouldn't be good at all in other systems, so it makes his market value a very intriguing topic.
1: And, of course, I I say this because – and any listeners of our show will know Draymond Green's not exactly getting a Christmas card from me anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> so that that's just one of those things. Um, I've never felt like he was worth the money that he's demanding personally. That's just me. And I will personally say if anyone does give him a max contract and he goes somewhere else outside of golden state, I'm going to be paying very close attention to what <laughs> Draymond Green does elsewhere. Because he, I want to he, see if 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 he's as good as he says he is.
2: He's the kind of player where I'd like to see him take what we call the whining and complaining, and turn that into aggressive whining and complaining with a little more fire in the game. And he, but he would be, but but there's guys that can do that. You know, they can they can be that complainer, whiner, uh, thorn under the skin of the other team kind of guy but still be effective. And he doesn't seem to be when he goes uh, to the whining mode.
3: He, he goes a little too far, usually it seems. Yeah, man, he goes too far. And I, I would say it's he's hit and miss. I would say there's games, a lot of his best games where he kind of channels all that into effective play. Um, and then there's games where he just doesn't, it's, it's, it's a hit or miss thing with him. Uh, sometimes it's even one really good half and then one really bad half or the opposite, um, but, yeah, too much whining and complaining. It, it's uh, As a Warriors fan, like, I, I would be lying if I said I haven't been sick of that since 20, man, 2015, 2014, whenever it started. Uh, <laughs> I still laugh every time he, he goes, and one, because two-thirds of the time, I- he either, like, just breaks a shot or there was no <laughs> one around him.
4: And that always makes me laugh.
3: But, um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, Ch- yeah. Channel it. And either way, less whining and complaining would be a win for all parties involved. Uh, as much as I, I do like him being a vocal leader and emotional leader, you can do that without just kind of crying and throwing little fits and being lucky that you don't necessarily pick up more technical sometimes in the playoffs.
1: And you uh, know I'm what? If his, name, oh, if his name was Rasheed Wallace, that motherfucker <laughs> would have got tossed tonight no question. If his name was Rasheed Wallace, his ass would have been sitting in the locker room at the end of the first quarter because I saw him bitching moan so much. And I'm sitting there going, dude, you don't even know about bitching. Get Rasheed Wallace. <laughs>
2: I was going to – one more quick one. I was going to ask, what did everybody think of the reffing tonight? Of the reffing? Yeah.
3: Uh, personally, it- I thought – I'll Go, go ahead. ahead. I, I was going to say, from my
2: angle, I thought for a nice change of pace, it didn't really have too much to do with the game
3: tonight. I, I largely agree. I would say it was pretty even. I think I think they missed a ton of calls, but I think it was just they did. even enough. Where, it was even enough to where I can't say really, like I agree, it didn't really affect the game other than just sort of being annoying to everybody. Yeah, we've that's been kind thing. of
2: getting used to that, but there was no bonehead calls. Let's put it that way. Where we're all going, yeah, on
3: th- like, yeah it didn't ruin the game by any stretch. Like, well, that that's, that,
1: the- that's that's the thing. If you're a referee, if you piss both sides off, congratulations, you've done a great job. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: that's- More than uh, likely, that's how I
1: look. One side. Did anybody? Uh,
2: I don't know if you, anybody can confirm this stat. I thought I heard today that Golden State was the had set a record for starting lineups in a finals uh, with ten different starting lineups
3: so far this year. Yep. It's I I, I don't know if it was a record, but I can confirm. This is their 10th starting lineup of the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I, I can confirm that they said it was a record.
3: So between the two of
2: us, wow. we, we can clear that up. That's crazy. Yes. Wow, that's wild.
3: It really is. From, from Golden State of all teams who were are so used to just seeing the core four and then whoever their center is uh, or Iguodala in the playoffs. But, um, yeah, yeah that's, that's crazy. I didn't know that's a record. Wow. Also, Steph Curry now has the
1: second highest scoring game ever in an NBA Finals loss with forty seven. The only other man to beat him <laughs> LeBron James. He had fifty one. Oh yeah. So there's your stats.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: I'm gonna throw <laughs>
2: out there too too quickly that after watching and, and let's not forget here, I'm I'm still pretty green in the basketball world. But after watching Steph Curry play today, I I say James Who?
1: Oh, it's it's not even close. Like Steph Curry tonight proved to me that you know, we talk about Durant, we talk about LeBron, we talk about all these players and and how they should be considered top of the top of the game and best player in the world. If you're not mentioning Steph Curry in that conversation, how dare you? Uh, he, he, proved go, to, he, he proved tonight. To me. He proved tonight to me.
2: He went out there and it didn't matter what they threw at him, he just kept on doing what he does. You don't see, or at least I didn't see him squawk about anything. You know, he 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 played how I would expect a uh, a, one of the best players to to play.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, I mean it. It was it was kind of inspiring, honestly. Like I don't know. I mean some of the some of the shots he was throwing up, and, and even when he was missing a few in a row, knowing that he really had no choice which is something we very rarely see happen with Steph. Like the announcers kept saying, like, oh, it's like he's back at Davidson. And for this game, it really was. So, yeah, yeah it, it was it was wild.
2: Mean, I'm from Canada cheering for Toronto, and I still kind of, you know, he's throwing them up from – and I'm kind of sort of hoping in one way they go in because it's just – he's so damn good at it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really was yeah. tonight. Uh, I, I thought he did a great job. And there was a lot to look at and dissect from this game. Uh, I'm looking at the fact that Golden State, you know, we touched on it, how they can't hang their head. There's going to be just some things they need to take away from this game. Let's be honest here. Nobody expected the Warriors to win this game without Thompson and Durant. I don't even think the Warriors expected to win this game without Thompson and Durant because even with Thompson, um you know, the Raptors had a pretty good shot, but without him, I think it's a. Uh, well. I don't know. It's all. It's a definite long shot. Well, cut.
2: what we said earlier, Nate. I think we'll have to now see is if uh, if neither of the if Durant and Tom, if neither of them play in the next game, then I think both of them are hurt much worse than what anybody is letting on. Because I I don't think Golden State can lose the next game, going back to Toronto down yeah. three one is not not where I, I I mean I won't I won't say they can't still win it because bloody hell they're Golden State, and there's something to be said for that, but three one headed back to the opposition's barn is not a not where you want to be. Not
1: you at think. all. Well, yeah, Lance, I, let me po- let me pose this question to you. Um. At home, with, let's just say, next game, no Durant, no Thompson. After seeing this game, can Golden State win that game? Or is it just no hope?
3: There's hope. There's definitely hope. Um, as long as there's stuff, there doesn't need to be really anyone else for there to be at least the slightest sliver of hope. Um I, I'm holding out hope that Clay is going to play because apparently he was close to uh, playing today. But I, I think I think you're right that the injuries are probably much worse than they're letting on. Um, no, I think if there's no KD and no Clay, it would it's really hard for me to think of who who would step up that didn't tonight, especially in terms of like three point shooters and guys playing on the wing. Um, I mean Livingston like. You know he's not going to suddenly start knocking down some threes next game or anything, but he still figures to start at shooting guard. So I, I would say if Clay and KD don't come back, this series isn't 100% hopeless, but it's pretty much over. That would be. But I, I tend to be a cynical Warriors fan. Like I tend to. I, I tend to be. Um, not like I underrate their potential, but I, I people find me to be cynical. Apparently, as far as, as far as Warriors fans go, so I don't know if if everyone would necessarily agree with me. Um,
2: I would say, but if you're I think real, you're being a realist is what I would say.
3: Well, okay, good. That's that's what I'm going for. I think if there's if they fall down three to one, I wouldn't put it past them to come back because they're Golden State. I think they'd have as good of a chance as anyone ever to come back from three one especially with Clay and KD potentially coming back. Um, but I, I don't see them winning this series without them. I'd give them maybe a 10% chance.
1: Well, those are not great odds. But I think one of the two will return next game. I think you have to – if you're going to try and win this title, you got to play one of them.
3: Yeah, I think Clay's coming back. I, 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 I strongly would guess that he's at least going to give it a go. Well, at least yeah, from thinks... at least from the what's
2: the, the the updates are they only have him as being I think still day to day, whereas Durant they still have as out, which right, I would right, say right. it doesn't doesn't bode well for for him for at least the next game anyway. But I would say and I guess too is is Clay Thompson that you know he's probably a better option at seventy five percent than who they can throw out there now.
3: Yeah. Totally, he totally is, and if not, if nothing else, he's just one more option, because um, they they can really use a little bit of everyone, um, and if if Clay comes back, it's it's hard for, you know, well, if Clay comes, go ahead, i oh, go ahead.
2: I was gonna say that's where you could also throw in where the coaching may come into it, where they can totally, just the danger that he's on the bench and we can we can spot minute him when we want to, kind of thing. Yeah.
3: Yeah, even if it's just for a minute at a time. Um, I mean, I guess it, I guess if anyone's going to save us, it would be Quinn Cook, who has been in a pretty good rhythm. Um, it's just it's just hard with him and Steph to share the backcourt defensively, but we know that Toronto likes to go with Kyle Lowry and then uh, either Fred Van Vliet being another guard, in which case the, the Cook and Steph could match up defensively, or Danny Green. I mean, as long as as long as you stick with Danny Green and don't let him get a shot off, I, I don't think the size difference between him and Quinn Cook is really that big of a problem. It's not like he's going to take you into the post or create his own shot. So I, I, I think if, any, if there's going to be one key adjustment that could just flip it on its head, even with Clay out, um, I, I think it would have to be Quinn Cook not necessarily starting but, get, but getting a ton of minutes, backing up Steph, and playing with him for much of the game. Um, he, he's just the only guy left who can randomly put in 18 points a game for a few nights, uh, that the Warriors still have untapped other than Cousins kind of being his own, um, particular situation.
1: I wanted to bring up, um, the incident on the floor tonight. I don't know if you guys saw it. Um, yeah, yeah. They did talk about it. Lowry flies into the stands. I believe it was in the third quarter. Lowry flies into the stands, gets pushed by one of the fans at courtside. Um, I don't think anything happened to the fan, but Lowry was visibly upset and even saying, "You pushed me." Uh, I yeah. saw all Danny Green mouthing to some of the fans. You know, look at the scoreboard. It seemed like the the Warrior fans were really trying to get up in the grill of Raptors tonight, but. When that and they re they replayed the fan pushing Lowry, while it wasn't that big of a deal, um, I still think that's something you can't have because yeah. if you start, especially nowadays, when players and and maybe they need to have thicker skin too, uh, because you know you're on the road, you're not going to get treated, you know, like you're not going to get a hero's welcome on the road. You might as well right. figure that, but. You can't have fans pushing players, um, especially nowadays with fans jawing at players in such a way that many of the, the fans are getting kicked out for some of the things they say. Um, what, what was your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, Lance, you, you're you more the Warriors guy. I'll start with you. So what, what was your thoughts?
3: Um, I, I have some mixed thoughts on it. One is that if, if a guy is touching a player courtside questionably at all, then you gotta kick him and possibly just ban him for life. Uh, when they showed the replay, I didn't really see it as him pushing him, but I didn't, I couldn't really tell. I didn't have a good viewer thought on it or anything. So if anyone was actually really like violating Kyle Lowry's personal space in an unnecessary or hostile manner, then absolutely get him out of there, kick him out, ban him, done. Um, I also think you're right, like, it's not necessarily that they need to have thicker skin, because I think it's an environment that should be somewhat, I don't know, I I don't think it should go so far with some of the things that get said to players, but it is true that every single team, whenever they're either going against their rivals, or it's the playoffs, or whatever, it's a series, anytime you're on the road, um, every team is going to be jawed at, um, it happens to the Warriors as much as anyone, but it absolutely happens to anyone. And I think as long as, if fans go too far, you really deal with it right away. Um, I think if that's your policy, then then uh, it doesn't have to be a factor. Um, so it's really a judgment call on the people around the situation to see if anyone's going too far. If so, have zero tolerance for it. Um, but if not, then let it go because it does happen to every team anytime they're on the road and it's an important game or anything like that. Tim, what would you think about it?
2: Yeah, you know, you, you can't have fans touching players. It's just a bad situation looking to get worse when you let that happen. Because what what do you do if uh, if you don't do anything about it and in the next game he shoves them, and the, a Toronto guy turns around and shoves back. And now we've got all kinds of problems that we could easily Malice avoid. Malice in the palace.
1: Yeah, so that, we could in the easily, palace. Uh,
2: that we could easily avoid. But that that being said, I have absolutely no problem with fans yelling at players as long as what they're yelling is sport-related. I don't need exactly. I don't need the racial slurs. We don't need the sexual orientation slurs. That stuff can all get lost. But if you're at about if you're a professional athlete and you're on the road and some guy yells out that you know you suck and you shoot free throws like Shaq, tough tough luck if you don't like that. That's <laughs> part of the that's,
1: man. That's rough. That's oh, rough, man. man. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> his mom. Jeez. It should
2: be. <laughs> you should be able to take that stuff as a pro athlete and if you can't well I don't know I I feel a little bit sorry for you you answer back by going out <laughs> there and performing right that's how yeah, you let your
3: play. Play. Yeah, that's you how let you play, do the talking
2: Right, that's how you respond to that stuff. So the physical stuff, yeah, I mean we I mean as much as I have to be honest from a fans point of view, the malice at the palace was a beautiful thing. That that oh, yeah. really Yeah, I mean it for every fan who ever said uh you know you suck and the and the player says something, and the fan goes, "Well, just come up here, well, they went up there, and that was the end of, <laughs> that was the end of that <laughs> and there's something to be said for, for 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 professional athletes beating the daylights out of guys who have no business engaging <laughs> and but regardless yeah the the touching stuff though that you just can't let it happen or it's gonna snowball. And what can you know, or what happens? What if it's a warmer? And now we got that whole argument. You know, it just can go to places where the game doesn't need to even think about trying to visit and dealing with. I think they, they took him out of the game, and he went to he went peacefully. There didn't seem to be much of a of an argument or a row about it. Then, so I mean, maybe we'll hear more tonight. But
1: if you listen to. to if you listen to Jeff Van Gundy, though, by the by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, at listening? Home, if you're listening, listening to at home, or on the road, or if you're in your car, um, whenever you stop at a nice rest area, can we please get the hashtag trending? Fuck Jeff Van Gundy. Uh,
4: just wanted yes. to put that out there.
1: I can't.
3: Do it.
1: I cannot stand that guy commentating basketball yes. games. Anybody, anybody else but him. All he does is sit there and bitch and moan that we're going to replay. And he's he's all the time like, well, huh, 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 huh. that guy should have went that way. That was a horrible execution there. Uh, how many rings does Van Gundy have? I'll, he's got as many as I do. And I'm sitting here in West Virginia right now. And there's no team here. Uh, my major thing, though, with Van Gundy was Van Gundy's uh, they said the fan clearly pushed him Van Gundy goes Well he ran into him going 100 miles an hour oh, I would push him it. too Van Gundy Doesn't shut the fuck up You wouldn't do <laughs> shit You'd sit behind your little fucking table With your little beady eyes and glasses You can't fucking find <laughs> the goddamn don't camera hold, To talk hold, into your microphone
0: mind, eh? <laughs> I can't stand
1: this fucking guy
2: <laughs> So uh, just to be clear you know, Van Gundy a, is a no <laughs> uh,
1: Sorry about the uh, the tirade there, ladies and gentlemen This is a family show, but it's not right now oh, uh, on,
2: that reg- on that regard, if you're sitting at courtside at an NBA b- basketball game You have to be prepared to be run into at 100 miles an hour by exactly, a man who's, much, exactly.
0: who's, a man a man who's much,
2: much bigger than you are That's
1: what's going to happen exactly. <laughs> yeah. it, it does happen, more than you know and If you're sitting at courtside, you got to think, this could possibly yeah, happen uh, Maybe we Don't need take to a uh, Van Gundy mentality and sit there and look at your little monitor with your ugly ass glasses and stupid haircut. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> maybe, even, uh, uh, maybe, maybe we different- need to uh,
2: they need to follow in the in the uh, steps of the NHL and put up a protective barrier between the uh, fans and the. You know, maybe we need to build up some plexiglass or something.
1: No, we need to fire Jeff Van Gundy immediately. <laughs> <for> anything <laughs> related to basketball, he should be outlawed from coaching wee basketball. I've had it oh, with man. him, dude. He pisses me off. But well, anyway dude, I've, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I've well, care to chime in. for years. I've, so I've, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I've had a I've publicly let it be known that I have a, a vendetta against Jeff Van Gundy for years and I'm so glad that um, we're on the same page about that because I was really enjoying listening to you talk about it. <laughs> you have a personal
2: <laughs> for Ben Gundy.
3: He's one of our least favorite people on this show. Oh yeah, mm-hmm.
2: we despise him yeah, it. for reasons we don't even want to talk about because it gets well, ugly, as he just saw or heard.
1: <laughs> if I did what Jeff Van Gundy did, I, I actually I do commentary for basketball games, um, for you know high school games, you, you know mostly. Uh, in the area, sometimes you know small college games, but you know I do that. If I said half of what Jeff Van Gundy said, I would be fired immediately. They would be, they would, <laughs> I would get a phone call. They would be like, "Stop bitching! <laughs> call the game."
3: True, it's so. Nobody true. really
1: cares what you're doing. Nobody cares about your expertise. We don't care. Yeah. We want to hear about the game. We don't want to hear about
3: how you don't like replay. Shut up. And they, wonder, and they wonder why ratings are down. Think about this. Think about all the, all the shit talk that, like, people on air for ESPN do. You have guys like Paul Pierce and Chauncey Billups and Jalen talk about how some series aren't even watchable. It'll be cutting to a game like the Rockets in the playoffs, and they'll be like, oh, it's James Harden. I'm not even going to watch this. Oh, yeah, that's really what you want your TV host saying when ratings are down before a playoff game. <laughs> And then they have Jeff Van Gundy shitting on their product 24 7. I mean, they wonder why ratings are down. Seriously. When did
2: ESPN ESPN get the bright idea that they should hire people to cover sports? And it's just not basketball. Who apparently, really, even though they played the sport or were involved in it, don't really seem to like it all that much. That's what it seems
0: like. It really does.
2: Hockey is just as bad. The, the, the guys are just like shitting all over the product, and it's like, dudes, like, you get paid to pump the product. How can you be Seriously. so even, even? Even if the game is, even if it's true, you got to take the, uh, the 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 NFL network approach where it's the you no, know, it's Sunday, and it's the one and fifteen Browns against the two and thirteen Cincinnati Bengals, and this is gonna be the
1: greatest game in the world, and you don't want to miss it. Guys, listen, this is a personal experience I had. I called a basketball game, and this was this season. The score in the fourth quarter of this basketball game was seventy two to eighteen. <laughs> do you, you know gotta, how hard You
2: gotta keep it going somehow.
1: You, have you do. And you have to and, and you have to say things like you know, probably not going to get the victory here tonight. But such and such team has got to look at the positives here in this game, like they never gave up and they really worked gotta, hard at getting good looks.
2: You, you got to do the uh, Bob Uecker thing in Major League, where he goes, "That pitch was just
1: a bit outside when it went over right over the Yeah, box. I mean, you've got to <laughs> sell. You've got to sell this game. And to me, Jeff Van Gundy makes me not want to watch. You have to sell this game to the people at home. That's your job as a commentator. You don't go in there and just take a big giant shit all over the product. (laughs) It's like, well, welcome back to NBA Finals Game 3. We're going to see a bunch of fucking guys shoot threes all night. I'm your host, Jeff Van Gundy. And boy, I miss my hair.
0: No, you (laughs) don't do
1: that. (laughs) Makes no sense.
2: The game wasn't like that when I was involved with it. What's become of this great game?
1: When I coached oh, the wait. game, I had Yao Ming, Tracy McGrady, and I still couldn't get past the second round. We know. <laughs> but, anyway.
3: <laughs> but, his, Lance, his I wanna... brother got Tonight, ahead. I just got to say his brother got two rounds farther with Richard Lewis as his second-best player. Exactly. Oh. Exactly.
1: Exactly, and a Ron Jeremy mustache. Take that, Jeff Mangum. But Lance, thank you so much for jumping on and talking NBA Finals with us. And uh, we'll let you go. We've kept you on here about an hour, so I think that's I think that's plenty of time for.
2: You now have a few stories you can tell somebody else though about how unprofessional we are. No, are you,
3: are you kidding me? This is the, This is exactly why this is one of my favorite podcasts. This is exactly why. I had a great time as always. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Um, a lot of fun every time.
1: Anytime. <laughs> Let our listeners know where they can keep up with you and follow you at, wherever it
3: may be. Yeah, yeah. Um, follow, me at, follow me on Twitter at Lance Smith, TPC. That is TPC as in the Point Center. Um, I got a new podcast that we just launched, um, me and my friend Stevie Cousins. Uh, it's called The Quick Release. And uh, it's a one-hour, basically just, you know, news and analysis NBA pod. So uh, give me a follow on Twitter. Um, Come find me and uh, check our stuff out. Definitely will. Thanks
1: again, Lance. And we hope to have you back real soon. And uh, who knows, with the finals, we may have more to talk to you about. So be on standby, man.
2: Jeff, Oh, definitely.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Nate and Tim. Good talking to you guys. Have a Big good Lance, here. YouTube,
1: bye. Again, that was Lance from the Point Center and Daily Warriors analysis. Uh, real quick, we're gonna take a timeout here and hear from one of our great sponsors. Are you sick of the boring, same old campsites with the same old girls and the same boring content? Well, now's your chance. To jump over to a brand new website called cambay.com C-A-M-B-A-E dot com. When you're on cambay whatever you want and whatever you desire is right at your fingertips. Be sure to join right now and use promo code WIDEMEN to get 20 free credits on cambay.com Use those credits to go towards whatever your fantasy is and make sure that you know cambay.com wants to make you as happy as you can be. Be sure to join right now. Again it's cambay.com. C-A-M-B-A-E dot com. And unlike college. It's not going to take you guys 20 free credits. To finish. So join cambay.com right now. Use promo code WIDEMEN. And get your free credits. And ladies and gentlemen. That was cambay.com. Again cambay.com. Check them out. Some of our great sponsors here on Wide Men Can't Jump. All right, Tim. Man, we've dived into game three quickly, did we not?
2: We, we kicked the shit out of that game, didn't we?
1: <laughs> we? And that's why I wanted to make sure that we covered game three. That's why this show's coming at you a little bit later than normal. If you don't normally listen to it till Thursday, then you don't have to worry about it. Uh, you're getting it at the same time. But we're here. We're a little late. We wanted to make sure we got game three in. So we wanted to talk about that for sure. But one thing I do want to say, other than the Jeff Van Gundy we got plenty more coming at you here in this second hour of uh, Wide Men Can't Jump. But, Tim, I don't know if you saw this earlier. Did you happen to see what one of our great sponsors put up for sale? And I know we got a lot of wrestling fans that listen in. Did you happen to see what – well, atomic I did, comics and collectibles put up I,
2: I did and i have to say after i saw it i quickly had to run and uh, change my underwear <laughs> beautiful wasn't it damn straight um, I mean, There's a lot of things in life that a guy can do without this wasn't one of them
1: yeah and you out there if you're a wrestling fan like Tammy is and like i am Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Get to Facebook right now. at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, and check out one of the brand new shipments they're selling. It is a Snap Into a Slim Jim Macho Man Randy Savage special figure only available through small collectible uh, stores like Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. And you're not going to be able to go pick this up at just any store. You're not going to be able to run to Walmart or, or you know, if you still have a Kmart or anything like that. You can only get it at the San Diego Comic-Con and these local which, shops. Which
2: where you're not
1: going. <laughs> yeah. And you're not going to be able to get one probably from San Diego Comic-Con. Just uh, the Macho Man Slim Jim pre-order, the rep let them know they will be very limited so if you want one of these Macho Man Randy Savage, Snap into a Slim Jim action figures, and they are awesome. I, I'm not even going to lie. I put my name on the list as well for one. Say <laughs> okay,
2: If you want one, you will have to fight
1: Nate for the five that he pre-purchased. <laughs> <laughs> no, I only pre-purchased one. Uh, but the, the thing is, that thing is awesome. So head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. You'll see it. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful... Replica with
4: uh, cool.
1: Randy Savage and a Slim Jim box. Again, Facebook dot com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC.
2: So now, and if you've got yourself a, Rick, a Ricky Steamboat doll, then you can take out your your Macho Man and you can drop that big elbow on him.
1: <laughs> exactly. You could redo WrestleMania three.
2: I mean, you can oh, have a good time with it. So. And and you can like because you have a son, mate. You can see where I'm going with this. And then you teach K to, to, to uh, drop the big elbow on you until he gets bigger, and then you do it to him and, and then laugh is it because you nearly kill him. But hey. <laughs> order.
0: But order Atomic Comics-
1: hey. The house. <laughs> well, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. Go check it out. That's their big thing. June 8th. That's uh, this weekend. They will be set up at TriCon in Huntington, West Virginia. Go check it out. You can get in early at nine o'clock if you're a vip it opens at 10 go see our good friends at atomic comics and collectibles llc they have a lot of stuff so go check them out let's hear from them if you're into comic books and collectibles then you are going to want to check out atomic comics and collectibles llc they buy and sell comic books action figures pop funkos vintage video game system vinyl records and other collectibles retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like, and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing, (laughs) and head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. I heard... Again, it's Tom... Go ahead,
2: I'm sorry. go ahead. The next doll coming out is a Sid Vicious doll that you jump off the top rope and its leg snaps.
1: Does it come with a pair of scissors?
2: Broken leggings, <laughs> there's a, you got to pay extra for those.
1: Oh, okay. I'm just wondering if it comes with a pair of scissors and uh, an Arn Anderson stab wound. But either way, Atomic, Com- no career. Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, don't miss it with them. All right, back to... Back here a little bit, Tim. Back to the hoop. There's a situation brewing in the NBA. Uh it, it's it's kind of come to the forefront, and I wanted to touch on it a little bit here. Let's let's start here with the LeBron James LA situation, shall we? It's been reported online. It was shared with me on Twitter uh from one of our listeners. Uh give a big thank you to him. Uh that would be uh, Jeff Bowden. Thanks again, Jeff, for sharing this with me. A video released saying LeBron James, Rich Paul, are basically holding the Los Angeles Lakers hostage, and they are making it... And this is going to be a big summer for them, and a lot of people are saying that if they don't get a big-time free agent to go with LeBron, let's say everybody wants to avoid the craziness that is the LeBron James saga in L.A., uh, that they are going to attempt to demand the Lakers get rid of LeBron, trade him something during the season, or he's going to walk at the end of the year because he signs two-year contracts. Um, shocking, I say no. Tim, what do you think about this? This is something we've kind of talked about. What?
0: This is something we've
1: said for years. That we've been saying, well, LeBron just brings in, he, he gets people fired, he brings in the guys he wants for his team, and then he bolts after he either A, wins the title,
2: or isn't
0: successful. Or can't. Yeah,
1: or can't. You know what? i got to be deadly
2: serious. If I was Los Angeles Lakers, now I know they asked for him, blah, 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 blah. blah. But where it is right now, I would wonder if there's not something in his contract where he could be terminated for uh, conduct, uh, unprofessional conduct. Something against the code of conduct where he blatantly says and does the things he does publicly, where they could maybe not get out of that contract and
1: not pay him get so much money they're worried about. The main issue with this is
2: if they they turn around and say, we've terminated your contract. You're a free agent. Good day.
1: Well, again, I don't know if that would be an idea.
2: Maybe not the the greatest business move, but somebody needs to tell LeBron James to to sit down, shut the fuck up, and play basketball. and Quit trying to be a general manager or an owner, and if he wants to do that stuff, then quit playing basketball and buy a team if that's what you want him to do. Become an owner if that's what drives you to – because it seems to be he's more interested in player personnel than he is in uh, playing defense.
1: He's interested in a lot of other stuff besides uh, doing what he does on the
2: – I don't hold that against him necessarily, but he's he's wrecking the Los Angeles Lakers, dude.
1: And he's making he's making demands of the Lakers and he and he has he's yet to do anything for the Lakers. he's not taken them to the playoffs after he said he would he didn't um you know and he, really all we've seen is him drive a wedge in the the team because well, if coach, you notice
2: he's got, a, he's got a coach fired he's got a general manager fired. Um, he's got an owner too scared to even say boo. Uh, yep. I think I think they've got he's got 13 or 14 whoever however many other players are on the roster that hate his guts, who don't want to play with him, and are hoping that if at the very least whoever comes into that team that they get traded away so they don't got to stay there, and that's pretty sad because LA used to be a place where guys
1: wanted to go. Yeah it was and and of course i think we're going to see um somebody go there there's so many free agency guys making a, a bolt this year i don't think you're going to get one of those superstars though i think you're going to get a guy good enough to get the lakers in the playoffs with lebron i don't think you're going to get a player in la that's going to take you where you want to go and that that's what i'm that's my opinion gonna, on that
2: are you going to end up with like uh, chris paul or Kyrie Irving or somebody like that?
1: No, Who'd I don't get, think
2: you get either one.
1: I really don't. You know, I don't get think you get either kid. one.
2: Well, I think Kyrie Irving, I think he deserves to go there. That one I
1: think Kyrie Irving, if I was a betting man, I would put Kyrie Irving in uh, a Knicks uniform next year. Oh, that's a good bet for him. I believe yeah. that's where he'll end up. But again, this whole LeBron thing, it sparks the debate over, are the players getting too much um, too much power. And especially the superstars because now we've made it so much easier for free agency. Things are getting to the point where players can pick where they go, and now they can pick who they team up with and go. Uh it's like, "Well, if you don't sign this guy, I ain't coming." Or yeah, well, "If you don't I mean, trade me, I'm sitting out."
2: I mean, he's got them. I mean, they have uh at least, i think from what I know, at least three previous head coaches. On the coaching roster as assistant coaches, mm-hmm. um, paying them ridiculous sums of money.
1: Yeah, Jason Kidd's making more money as an assistant coach than anybody else in the league. Uh,
2: okay, so if you're Frank Vogel, how do you feel about that one? Uh, like,
1: you know, you, it makes you wonder.
2: Like, are you are you wondering why you took that job? I, got, I think so. I I got Jason Kidd. I got Lionel Hollins. I've got, I think there's at least two more that I know of. I got all kinds of guys that they could rip me out of here in a heartbeat. I mean, I guess I'll still get paid, I suppose, but I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's, there's just something about the franchises that were not, you know, if nothing else, the Lakers still got it done on a court. Yeah. They might have, you know, Kobe and Shaq had their moments and. There's been a few other times there where things weren't real kosher, but they still—they never sucks. Now they're not only a mess on the court; they're a mess. The front offices they used to be the buses. Used to be that used to be the franchise to model yourself after on how to how to do business. You know, Jerry West was the general manager and all that. And now, I mean, look at that mess. I mean, Mark Cuban, who I detest, is just. Dancing with glee He said today the more screwed up the Lakers are The happier I am
1: Yeah I believe that I believe that wholeheartedly from Mark Cuban That doesn't shock yeah, me that, at
2: all but that, but that says something When an owner as smart as Mark Cuban Whether you like him or not Has got to know that the Lakers franchise Should not be one that's a mess
1: Yeah Well speaking of a mess as we uh, kind of share our insight there on that. Uh, Derek
2: Rose today... I thought we had a call there for a minute.
1: <laughs> no. No, Derrick Rose, Derek Rose put out today, uh, talking about Jimmy Butler's trade request from Minnesota. And he said, I don't blame Jimmy. It's the league's fault. Nothing against Carl Anthony Towns. He's cool and he's good. But you get these kids and you spoil them before they ever achieve anything. That's a quote from Derek Rose about about Carl Anthony Towns and um about these young players coming into the league now and you know I I look at it he's not yeah. I'll say that he's not wrong. I'm not gonna say he's wrong because he's not. However that's how the league
2: is. You go first and then I'll yeah okay and then I'll I'll hit back.
1: Okay. Well that's just how the league is in general, I believe. I feel like you're looking at the NBA now. Guys are coming in; they're hyped from college. Uh, you know, they're they're coming in; they're making a bunch of money. And when you take it, take players that high with draft picks, you're there's going to be some fanfare for them, and they're going to be given probably more than than what they should be. Derrick Rose came in himself hyped, and and I'm not saying he's wrong because I think he is, but maybe guys aren't working hard enough for for Derrick's liking. Um, definitely Andrew Wiggins is definitely not working hard, but Derrick Rose says things like that. Uh, I don't know. I just don't feel like that's good for team morale. If he decides to stick around, I don't know. Um, I'm definitely not going to say Jimmy Butler was, uh, the way he handled the situation was a good way to do it in Minnesota. Uh, he can still go fuck himself. But uh, maybe you know Rose just just out telling the truth. As far as I'm concerned, I don't think anybody should should make a bigger deal out of this than what it was. I think Rose was just touting that maybe the league gets these top names out of college and treat them a little better uh, than most of the other guys. They spoil them and then they expect the game to come easy. I don't know, Tim. What do you think?
2: Well, like I said, he's probably well not probably he's not wrong. No, not at all. But I'll throw back at you, what Jimmy Butler done lately.
1: He lost in the second round of the playoffs, I know that much, because I, I sat know. there and watched it. Well,
2: right, so now, if Jimmy Butler is, oh, I don't know, he's Steph Curry or somebody like that, or LeBron or Michael Jordan, or someone who can actually point it. I mean, he's done a little bit, I guess, in his career, but, you know, is that really the answer is what I, I what are you going to play? You can't play on a team with any young guys on it ever. I
1: don't know. It just seems like maybe it's a generation gap.
2: I mean, um, they, maybe
1: not... instead of, instead
2: of bitching them out, maybe you needed to go talk to them and have a one-on-one and all that and say, let's see if we can't, you know, find some common ground and get this thing going instead of throwing them under the bus and, and wanting out of town.
1: Well, I'll, I'll say this about um, about it. The Wolves with Brian Saunders now taking over, they're they're showing interest in trying to sign D'Angelo Russell. He's a restricted free agent, so I don't know how well that's going to go. But um, they've got some young talent. They've got to put something together if they're going to do something soon. Um, so they've got right, some right. bad contracts. Uh, but I think to me, Carl Anthony Towns, the second half of the season last year showed how damn good he is. I'm still I mean, waiting on Andrew Wiggins, I, and you know what? I'm probably going to be waiting a long time.
2: Probably, but the I mean the flip side of that is Jimmy Butler and the Philadelphia sixers who were full of uh, I mean, we were talking about, oh boy, they could, uh, after last year, I mean they got a chance to maybe get to their finals, maybe more, like they got a really, really good team. Well what happened there? They went backwards. And now they're looking at getting. To be honest, they're looking at getting worse. Yeah. Yeah. So they are. okay. So how far apart are is uh, Jimmy Butler's Minnesota Timberwolves team of three years ago or two and a half or whatever it was, and what they might mm-hmm. be in a year or two? I mean, is is uh, Jimmy Butler's probably not even going to be in Philadelphia next year?
1: Well, that's good. the he 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 already opted out of his contract. Uh, right, so, according, he he's so already he said he is not taking the player option. And here are the potential suitors for. Let me find it here, Jimmy. Because I was looking at this today. There are potential suitors already for Butler. Uh, let me find it here. Uh, I can't remember exactly where I saw this at, but I did see it. And,
2: uh, I mean, I've always, I do
1: I know Philly, Philly was on the list. I do know that.
2: I've always figured though, that the only thing that really gives you any room to throw any shade at anybody is if you won the big one, you've been there and won the big one. Then you can do some talking until that happens. You probably are best served to keep your pie holes shut. Uh, Joe LMB and I'm talking to you. Um, it, I, I don't think you win that battle. Now, and if I'm, a, if I'm a team now, if I own a team, and I'm going, okay, well, who's out there? Who's available? Well, Jimmy Butler's available. Yeah, he's a pretty good player, but there's a, probably a 95% chance he's going to pick a fucking fight with our number one draft pick, and I can't have that. See you, Jimmy. Yeah.
1: Well, apparently yeah, like, the 76ers are preparing to offer Butler a max deal. They're the only team that can pay him this amount of money, they're gonna offer him five years, a hundred and ninety million dollars to they're play insane. for Philly. They are insane
2: uh, They give him that.
1: Well that's that's apparently what they are planning to offer him. Um I I'm trying to remember his if I if I'm remembering correctly his his age. He's actually older than me. Um he Right now, he is he is 29. Apparently, Butler and I are only separated by a few months. Uh, Butler's 29 years old. The Apparently, uh, Philly, New York, Brooklyn, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Pacers um, are the top teams with a chance to sign Butler in the offseason. So, we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, he has some skill. I, I won't dispute that. He is not a leader. No, he not, at not at all. a leader he is not that kind of guy and that to me if you're going to get a max contract you got to be uh, well hey you should be the best player on your team at the very least and he's not even and he's that not. he's yeah, not and
1: he's not he's not even that so well you got to have two max players these days two max contracts um you see it it happens uh, from time to time. But, yeah, I think you're going to see. But Butler will probably stick around in Philly, so we'll see what happens there. One more thing I want to bring up. And uh, let's see here if I can find it. Oh, okay. Tonight, this happened. This is live. Paul Pierce. I don't know if anybody remembers this. This was about 11 years ago. Paul Pierce got taken out of a game in a wheelchair uh, and came back later in the game. You re- did you ever see highlights of this yeah, when so
2: they they carried him out like like he, like his arms and his legs didn't work, and like that yeah. maybe he, like that he was he had like been uh, turned into a quadriplegic
1: practically or something well from his fall. <laughs> here's a quote from Paul Pierce about that moment. I have a confession to make. I just had to go to the bathroom. What a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and it has blown up online.
2: It has he,
1: blown
2: up.
1: Why didn't he just, just go? <laughs> Apparently, you can't go to the timeout or something. I don't know. He was on the court. You could, you could, you could
2: uh, I mean, you, you didn't have to go all the way. I mean, he he went off like I mean, like I said, I mean, like he had a broken leg or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they assumed he wasn't coming back and then he comes back later on in the game and uh, the Celtics end up going on and winning. MVP. So,
2: I'm quite sure he won the MVP of the series.
1: I think he did. I think you're right.
2: Paul oh, <laughs> Pierce so, oh, beating up suffers of incontinence on the way home from the Garden.
1: <laughs> but there, there's some NBA news for you. We'll be talking a little more about what's okay. going on in weeks to come. Um, but before we move on to our next segment, Tim, we need to talk about our sponsors over at Stay Classy Meats at stayclassymeats.com. Use promo code Men and save 10% on your purchase. And, uh, man, I had some of that ground up beef wagyu, ground beef this week. Oh, man.
2: that again, I'm sorry. I'm going to refer to them as my protest continues as stay hungry meats because I didn't get none. Good <laughs> <laughs> give for living in Canada, buddy. No, but no, no. I-, I take my health healthcare. Now stay classy meats. What I uh, said it last week, we'll say it again next week. Uh, a pro- superior product. Absolutely. Uh, looks amazing. Tastes amazing. From what I understand, I mean, if you don't, if you know Nate Bush. Nate Bush knows food, so I do. I'm mean, about the only guy I think we could probably get on board that I might trust more than you in the food department is Ed Boggs. Ed well, I'm horrible on that stuff. Well, then you won't be able to get it. You'll be out of luck because uh, the upper class <laughs> people are buying it because uh, you know it carries a lot of weight in the culinary
1: areas. <laughs> but in case you don't believe me, you need to check out. Uh, Double J MMA online One of the Premier MMA fighters in the world He is, pro- he is promoting Stay classy meets as well That's uh, He actually shared the picture I took uh, On his On his personal Instagram So I thought that was pretty cool
2: That would be Jordan
1: Johnson In case you didn't know Jordan Johnson Double J MMA On Instagram Shared my picture I took He's undefeated mixed martial artist, 10-0 and 0 and 4-0 and in the UFC. So check it out. Here. That man trusts Stay Classy Meats as well.
2: If he, he puts some uh, Stay Classy Meats protein into his uh, diet, he'll be a UFC champion.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: Here, Here first. And,
1: and, you know, I had some of their bacon this week, man. Oh, my God so good. So, and I, and you know what? They're our sponsor, but I'm really not blowing smoke up people's asses here. This stuff is awesome. I don't know if anybody pays attention. I've been trying to post pictures of it, of everything I make from them and tagging them in it. Man, oh man, they have some fantastic stuff. You just go over there and check it out. Just go look. You can make your own box. You can pick what you want. Uh, you can buy one of their their pre-put-together boxes. They're fantastic. Had some Mexican chorizo sausage this week from them. It was fantastic. And smoked it in my smoker. It was so good. Check it out. Stayclassymeats.com. Use promo code Men Save 10% on your purchase. Don't miss out, man. This is a deal and a half.
2: We've got to put our... We don't really think about putting our sponsors together. It seems to me that... Uh... The law offices
1: of Stephen P New have got to have a barbecue now. On yeah, you know, all right? Stephen P New law offices can have a barbecue from Stay Classy Meats. I, we can all have visit the nice mean? yard sale of Atomic Comics and collectibles, and then when we're all done, we'll go in and watch a movie on Cam Bay. There we go. And and we're Sounds covered like, in all
2: kinds of directions there. Like
1: I, we are really endless. I said yeah. we're just we're just sort of liquor we're, store. We're full. We're nerded out. Nobody can sue us, and uh, we're not in it. We're not horny anymore. So that's they, great news. They
2: can, they can try to sue us. In fact, we kind they of welcome that. Actually.
1: They will lose. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Got me laughs>
1: they will right? lose.
2: Our sponsors are awesome.
1: They are. We love our sponsors, and uh, we love you guys for listening in and uh, giving us some love here on Widebeam Can Jump. However. We're going to get to our last segment here tonight on the show. We were joined by Rod Beard from the Detroit News. And Rod just released about a week ago the first mock draft that he put out. And he talks about, me and him talked a lot, Tim, about Rod's um, draft he put together. Who goes where, what we think, uh, how it could go. And Rod gives a lot of insight as to why he picked guys to go where he said they would go. And he and I then also talked a little bit about game three of the NBA finals and what we thought would happen tonight. And you can see if we were right or if we were wrong. So, yeah, Rob Beard it. and I had a nice conversation today. I'm going
2: to throw one more quick thing out there before you go to Rob Beard. Go for
1: it. Go for
2: it. Really, really quickly. Game three of the NBA finals. Metallica.
1: Was that not awesome? Metallica playing the Star Spangled Banner. Man, that was badass. The only thing could have been better is if Rush would have played the Canadian anthem. Can you?
2: Oh, fuck me, really? Oh, I got it. Play, Play the tape.
1: Back on the show once again is Pistons beat writer for the Detroit News, Rod Beard. Rod, thank you again for getting back on with us here. And we're going to talk – we're not going to talk Detroit Pistons per se, but we are going to talk about an article from the Detroit News that you put out recently, your mock draft. Uh, but, again, thanks for coming back on the show.
4: No, anytime. I appreciate it every time I'm on.
1: Nah, well, we, we always love having you on getting your insight. But uh, let's go ahead and look at it. And for those of you that don't know, uh, Rob got an article up. It's on the Detroit News. You can go to the Detroit New- or go to DetroitNews.com. It's a fantastic article about the upcoming NBA draft. It's your first mock draft. Uh, let me ask: When you did this draft, did you go through and look more at team needs? Did you look at like best player available? Well, what was your thoughts when you were trying to put these picks together? Because I'm getting ready to start on my mock draft, and it's a, it's harder than what
4: people think. Yeah, it's kind of a things is is that some teams are certainly looking at best player available and some are just going to look at specific team needs. And, and that's always the difference in philosophy when you're looking at drafts is that some teams, um, the the best player available may not be at a position of need, but that's when you get into trades. That's when you get into their positions and uh, exactly how they're going to do it. But every team has their own philosophy. I don't try to get in the heads of each general manager or front office when, when doing it. But it's really – a lot of times it is best player available, but sometimes it is, hey, here's a, a glaring hole and a glaring need and a guy who can fit that for them. Absolutely.
1: Well, at the top of your draft here, and, boy, you went out on a limb here, uh, Zion Williamson <laughs> to the Pelicans. <laughs> um, probably the easiest pick in the draft. Uh, we all know where New Orleans is going. And then uh, at two, you've got the Grizzlies going Ja Morant. Uh, With John Morant, though, there's been a little bit of a rumor going around that, of course, he had what they're calling a surgery that may be not the worst um, surgery in the world, just a little minor surgery. But do you think maybe Memphis might be a little gun-shy on taking Morant, knowing that that could be a problem?
4: No, I don't think so at all. When you're getting surgery at this time of year, especially for a rookie going into the draft normally it's kind of a loose bodies thing or something getting scoped or thing when you're getting surgery this time of year it means that you waited from the end of the college season until now to get it rectified you wouldn't do it right before the draft generally you wouldn't do it right before the draft if it was something serious because you know it jeopardizes what that outlook is going to be so generally when you see anybody this time getting a a procedure or or anything else it's going to be something very very minor
0: Okay.
1: Well,
4: Memphis fans
1: sleep well. Uh, you should be fine. So but Morant could bring in the you know, he could be the point guard they need. They could use uh a Javon Carter. I'm always gonna bring Javon Carter up. He he's a, one of my favorite players in the league, especially being from West Virginia, so uh but Jaron Jackson Junior, John Morant, that would be interesting. I, I want to look more at the Grizzlies later on in, in the off season. But uh at three you've got RJ Barrett going to the Knicks and probably the most angry number three pick of all time as the Knicks take Barrett and they don't get the Zion sweepstakes that they wanted so bad. But I think it's a no brainer here that Barrett's got to go three.
4: I would think so. And and there's some rumors that the Knicks are looking at maybe trading down and getting some multiple picks out of this. And that's the problem with this draft in a, a lot of folks' eyes is that once you get past Williamson and Morant, then there's a lot of uncertainty about, Where teams are going to go, that you could very easily go Cam Reddish uh, at the three or the four spots. You could uh, see teams try to move up into that three spot. It's just really, really hard to project once you get past that one or two. And in a bigger discussion, when when people talk about teams that were tanking, you were tanking to get a one or a two pick, but now the, the Knicks are a perfect example and the Cavs are another. Once you get past those two and you've tanked all season, you get the consolation prize of an uncertain future with where you're going to go after those first couple of picks. So I would think that the the Knicks are looking at Barrett, but I think they would listen to some other options if they were able to trade down or trade out of that pick.
1: Well, again, it's one of those kind of damage. If you you don't, the Knicks, in my opinion, don't need to trade out. They need to get the absolute best player available because the Knicks, um, While they have high hopes in the offseason, if they don't land the players that I think they're going to get, they're going to need some help. But I think Barrett would complement nicely. Uh, Maybe they could could go elsewhere, but I think Barrett will go three. Uh, Looking at four, DeAndre Deandre Hunter uh, for the Lakers. You know, DeAndre Hunter just doesn't get me excited. Maybe I'm that guy. I don't know. But I don't know, again, the Lakers front office, who knows what's going on there? Nobody really knows what's going on in their head. And then, of course, reports LeBron James is holding the team hostage again. Uh, that was uh, reported, uh, I believe, yesterday. I saw a, a video about that. Uh, LeBron. There's rumors LeBron could bolt after the season uh, if they don't land uh, a good enough uh, free agent. So there's a possibility there. But the Lakers have a lot of needs, especially if they're going to make a play here to try to trade for Anthony Davis. Does Hunter fit what they need or is that kind of a, uh... not,
4: not really. I mean, and, and they've got so many, so many holes that they've got to fill in. I mean, you know, LeBron is there. You look at what Kuzma can bring, but there are so many other positions where they could look to do something else. And that's, what's going to make this draft and this off season. So interesting. And the Lakers are going to be at the forefront of that is because now they have a trade asset in that number four pick. When they didn't expect to be there, they expected, because they jumped up so far in the draft, I think they were in the bottom half of the lottery, they, this is a surprise for them. So if they were able to trade this four pick, get another young asset for it, or get another player that could be alive in this, this this LeBron timetable that they have and be a contributor in this LeBron timetable, Lakers are another team I could see trading out of this four spot because I, I believe the same thing. That Hunter doesn't um, bring a lot, ring a lot of bells for me. That maybe they go Cam Reddish here. I mean, it's it's just so unpredictable when you get past that two spot that any guy could go in any sort of order. And I'm going to do another mic draft for next week, but it's it, that order may change because you just don't know where things are going to land and where the pieces are going to land.
1: Absolutely, and I'm looking forward to your mock draft, honestly. I, I I pull them up and I like to check them out, and it helped me with my mock draft as well um, going through. Number five, you've got the Cavs taking Jarrett Culver, who's my may, maybe my favorite player uh, coming out here in this lottery. I really like Culver. I think he's going to be a great player. Uh, the things he did in the NCAA tournament, and I'm normally one not to blow smoke up, about what a guy does in the NCAA tournament. But he's been consistent all year in a Big 12 division that's tough as nails. I really like Culver, and I think if the Cavs land him, they've got to be excited because he's a great player.
4: Yeah, and again, at number five, and and they thought they were going to be a little bit higher, um, if they they get a a dynamic player like that, it's going to add – they've got a lot of hope also that these are the remnants and the leftovers from the LeBron era that certainly Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson – are pieces that they need to build around, but they don't have that next guy that that small forward that's going to be able to help them in a lot of ways. That that wing guy with J.R. Smith heading out, uh, presumably that it, they're going to be able to build around in that sense. I think he's going to be it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, let's let's skim here a little bit. Now that we got through the top five, uh, Darius Garland, you've got going to Phoenix. I like that fit for them. Because let's be honest here, they're taking a point guard. It doesn't really matter who it is. They have to have a point guard at this point. They've taken yep. how many big guys? You know, they have DeAndre Ayton. Years ago, they took uh, uh, Dragon Bender and just just a lot of players. They've got to have a point guard. So I think any point guard's going there. Uh, Chicago Bulls, you've got Col- Kobe White going there. Um, I think his hair is getting drafted later in the draft, but uh, Kobe <laughs> White's a solid. <laughs> Kobe White's a solid player. Uh, and would fit well with the Bulls because they also need a good point guard. Chris Dunn's not exactly the point guard of the future uh, there, in my opinion. What's your thoughts on on those two point guard heavy draft picks there? Because I think both teams got to go point guard. Do you think maybe they try to move up and and
4: talk Memphis out of Morant a little bit? No, I think they'd be happy where they are for Phoenix – um, and I, this is the theme, teams that fell a little bit further than they thought. For Phoenix to be all the way down at six, I thought they, they might think that they had a chance to be able to uh, get at Morant if somehow somebody thought Barrett was better than Morant and Barrett would go two and Phoenix could get him at three. Um, that might be something that would have worked out for them if the lottery had come out differently. But I think White and uh, Garland are just two perfect pieces. You might even see them switched around in some people's mocks that people would have White going a little bit higher. But I like Garland fitting where he is. There's a lot of questions about him because of the injury history this year. He only played in a handful of games for Vanderbilt. So whether he's going to um, really turn out to be that, there's some risk for Phoenix. So, again, that's why you might see White taken ahead of him because there, there aren't as many questions about what White can do. But uh, Phoenix, either way, is going to be happy with a point guard.
1: Well, let's keep going here. Washington Wizards, Jackson Hayes from Texas. Um, interesting you would go with him here over Bowl Bowl uh, because I would I would think that Washington would be looking hard at a guy like Bowl Bowl. Um, what makes you go Jackson Hayes over Bowl Bowl here?
4: Yeah, I like Hayes, and I think he has a lot of upside. In the combine, he, he seemed to help himself a little bit. Um, there are a lot of people who are just really iffy on Bobo Bo, and everything that I've read and everything that I've seen has kind of said, he's not that um, no brainer pick at number nine and where Washington is with the John Wall situation with trying to figure out what to do with Bradley Beal, they've got to start building and getting some pieces. So is this a year that they maybe take again? I would think so. And maybe they're looking at what they can pick in next year's draft as well. But I put it in the description for that, that, um, Bobo was going to be another consideration, another guy that they could look at I think they go with eight because he's got the better upside and the better athleticism for that size
1: and I think I accidentally skipped the number eight pick which was ridiculous on my part Hawks taking Cam Reddish if Cam Reddish falls that far in this draft man this Atlanta Hawks team you want to talk about building a team for the future to add Cam Reddish with Trey Young, John Collins Kevin Herter man, what a great team that could be going, you know, give it five years. That could be a dangerous team.
4: Yeah, I mean, give it maybe even three, not even five. Um, yeah. Reddish, if he falls that far, given what the needs are for the Bulls and Suns that we talked about at point guard, Reddish could go higher than that, and one of those other guys could fall that you could see um, maybe Culver get, uh, falling back a little bit or Hunter. Again, That after you get past that number two, there's going to be some crazy mm-hmm. things that go on, and you could see – Atlanta may be in this situation just saying, hey, if, if somebody's got to fall to us at that 8 spot, and if it's uh, reddish, then yeah, they'd be more than happy to take them right there at 8.
1: Oh, absolutely. And then they get another pick at 10, and you've got them taking, bear with me here, uh, Siku Domboya. And I'm probably pronouncing yeah. that wrong. My apologies. Uh, you know, Six-foot-nine international. Right. Six-foot-nine player out of France. Uh, this guy, he's long, he's athletic, but people are kind of... There a few years ago, the international player market, people were flocking to it because of Chris Stapp's poor Zingas coming out, and everybody got really excited, and you saw guys like Dragan Bender going really high, and a lot of players, and then Frank Nita Kalina comes over, decent defensive player, but he hasn't lived up. These international players, they're a gamble sometimes. So Atlanta, maybe, I don't think they're going to draft and stash at 10, but... Yeah, you know, this could be a, a good player for them with that with that wingspan and that height.
4: Yeah, and, and like you talked about before, for Atlanta right now, it could just be um, just stockpiling talent. And this isn't a case of necessarily meeting a need. If they had already met it right before with Cam Reddish, this would be building depth. And then also maybe there's a trade in the works there because Domboya will have him in their top ten would be a guy that they just wouldn't pass on at that point and just look at, hey, what are the, what are the options here? He's a depth guy at worst, but also could be a trade chip.
1: And then we get to my team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and you have them taking Brandon Clark. Now, I'm going to disagree with you on this. I do not think the Wolves will take Brandon Clark. If the Wolves have their way and he's sitting there looking at him, Rao Hachimura is going to be the guy that Minnesota goes with. That is... That from all the reports that I'm looking at and reading in, and they love that kid. So that seems to be where the route they're going. But Brandon Clark is a good player. Um, Again, we could always, as a Wolves fan, we're always looking for that next point guard, even though I love Tyus Jones. uh, Jeff Teague, there's rumors about a trade with Memphis there. There's a lot more I can dive into. But you've got Brandon Clark going here. But uh, I'm going to go, I think they go Hachimura yeah
4: and Nachhimura is um a guy that isn't projected quite that high, and so you you're kind of looking at trying to get the best value that you can but again, once you start getting in past we talked about going from maybe pick three down to to pick ten, there being so much uncertainty there once you get past ten, i mean you can just throw the pieces of paper up in the air and just let them land where they will that um, if you're not <laughs> drafted for need, you are doing best player available, and you could go Clark, you could go Achimura, you can go in a hundred different directions with this. So, no, I get your point there. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, I wouldn't be mad if they were looking to add you know, a guy like Nasir Little or, or even somebody like that because we've just that team's had so much trouble in terms of, of wing depth with Andrew Wiggins, who is great at putting up stats and points. But, man, oh, man, the money he's making, and it's it's just been a mess. So, here's to hoping either Kobe White falls or we luck out. <laughs> so, we'll see. Um, we'll finish up the lottery here. The Hornets, P.J. Washington from Kentucky. And the biggest priority for Charlotte, as you stated here, was keeping Kimball Walker. And they just don't have – anybody to go with Kimba Walker it's a mess in Charlotte right now they've got bad contracts uh aging players outside of Kimba and it feels like he's almost and he wants to stay there and and as much as I like Kimba, I feel like he's almost wasting down there in Charlotte
4: yeah and and you can't build around that and there's been so much talk about um a franchise player like that and and do you try to keep them around you do everything in your power as an organization to make sure that he stays or do you just deal them and, um and get assets for him and they've fully and completely gone into the we're going to keep our star we're going to try to take care of him. making the, the all-nba team this year uh, means that he's uh, eligible for the supermax so if they're all in with that and they're going to sign the check for them, then more power to them as well. But, again, they just don't have the pieces to fit around them, and they're going to have to start drafting for the future and structuring for the future with Kimball Walker in there.
1: And with Michael Jordan making the picks or having a say-so in the picks, there will be a UNC player heading there. Uh, but P.J. Washington is a, <laughs> a great player too, so we'll see what happens there. Miami Heat, uh, you have him taking Kevin Porter Jr. from USC – um he was suspended this season or after you know what happened there like what, what's do you have any insight on that cuz honestly uh, as someone who doesn't follow college as closely do you know what what was the the issue there
4: no and and he was asked about it and he didn't go into a lot of depth about it but it was just it seemed to be more of a um Detrimental to the team, conduct detrimental to the team sort of thing, so I don't think it was anything illegal. I think it just might have been a disagreement, and um everything that I've read about it has been that it was just he was a a knucklehead if you if you will, and um they had to deal with it in some sort of way. they babied him a little bit is what I've heard from some folks a bit that um they let him get away with a little bit too much, and then it just came to a head at some point so he seems to have matured from it and to have learned from the whole situation. But I think there are some questions there about how committed he is to um, a career and being serious. And, and if you're going to be a professional and making that much money and, and on an NBA stage, you've got to carry yourself differently. And those are valid questions, but at the combine, when he talked about it, he seemed to have been ready to move past it and to have matured from that experience. Yeah. Well, that just you know
1: raises some questions. Uh, at Boston at 14, you have him taking Hachimura, who we talked about earlier. Boston's obviously going to go best player available. That's just what Danny Ainge does. I mean, he, he had Jalen Brown, who had a good season, then immediately drafted Jason Tatum. So Boston's just the best player available kind of team. It seems to work for him. So uh, if Hachimura's there, they may go with him. We'll see what happens. But now we get to your team, the Detroit Pistons, the team you cover. And you have them taking Nasir Little. Um, what's what's going on with the Pistons? You know, a, a disappointing playoff run. Uh, they ran into the Bucks buzzsaw, but you know Griffin wasn't a hundred percent. But man, he gave a hundred percent, and I got to tip my hat to him. He really played hard there, doing what he could. What's it like? What's going on in Detroit? What's the buzz? Well,
4: the buzz is that they can. Um, they've got the fifteen and the forty-five pick, and with the fifteen, they're looking for a wing. And for me, I think that they are looking at a taller wing, not just another 6'6 guy. They've got Luke Kennard. They had um, last year Wayne Ellington also. They traded Reggie Bullock and Stanley Johnson, who were 6'8", 6'9", in that sort of range. They don't have another guy who's like that. So when they get to the playoffs and they're trying to face a Chris Middleton, they don't really have anybody who can match up well with him size-wise and range-wise. And, and teams that have bigger wings – Uh, whether it's a shooting guard or a a forward who's six sevens eight the Pistons just don't have that guy on the roster speed my is their rookie uh, that they traded for at the deadline with the Lakers but they need another guy a veteran guy who has that that blint that that is that opposing figure on the wing for them so I think they look at uh, Nasir Little but I also like that they'll look at I think that they'll look at Cam Johnson from North Carolina who was a a four-year guy there and then um Casey Akpala from Stanford I mean they need a a longer bigger guy but what I wouldn't dismiss is that they're maybe going to either trade down or trade out of this pick because I think in a bigger sense they're looking at trying to win now and get a veteran guy that can help them so either they trade down and get two picks or they trade out and get somebody else that can help them immediately if this guy can't do that
1: well there you go for the Detroit fans out there uh we won't go through the rest of the first round because we're only halfway through and if we did that would take all of our time here uh just a couple of highlight picks the Celtics have the 20th pick you have them taking the falling bowl bowl and man what a (laughs) what a pairing that would be Horford and bowl bowl underneath and of course they still have Robert Williams on on the roster and the rich would get richer if that were to happen, uh, in my opinion, because I think Ball is going to be a solid player. He may not be a superstar, but you can't deny he is a very good player, especially if the Celtics can get him to put some weight on and beef up a little bit. Um, and, of course, the Celtics have the 22nd pick. You have them taking Tyler Hero from Kentucky. Uh, a lot of Boston here in this first round this year. Um, and if anybody's interested, you can always jump – On the Detroit news and look at Rod's uh, mock draft. This is the first mock draft that Rod did, and there will be another one he said coming out soon. Um, I'll post the link for sure so you guys can check it out on Twitter. But I do want to say, Rod, and I do appreciate you talking this with us about the draft because we're really starting to get in close to that time. But of course, the NBA finals are going on right now, and I want to get your take on the first two games so far. We're recording this. Game three is tonight. So, as you're hearing this, you're going to get Rod's take on the first two. Uh, Game three being tonight. What's your thoughts heading into game three with this series knotted at 1-1?
4: Well, when it started, I thought it was going to be Golden State in five, assuming that Kevin Durant would be back probably in time for game three. Uh, And Golden State has the talent, and they have the firepower to win this series without Durant. But I kind of said it when they picked up Durant a couple of years ago in free agency that – He was just, uh, that made it an embarrassment of riches. That made it just unfair that the biggest hole that they had was that small forward. They went out and got the best shooting big guy uh, that they could. And not just that, it was Kevin Durant. I mean, that's their number one competitor in the West. They got their best and made him the centerpiece of what they were doing. The injuries now are causing me to rethink it and, and think maybe it's going to be six games, especially with, um, Kavon Looney out with Durant not coming back for tonight's game three and um, seeing how tough Toronto is that uh, Kawhi Leonard has just put this team completely on his back and now you're starting to see some other guys come out and certainly the game one that Pascal Siakam had that he's going to need a, a game like that and they're going to need multiple performances from their role players if they're going to win you could take this to a Game 6 or a Game 7. They're going to need big-time multiple performances like that, and it just hasn't happened so far. Game 1 seemed to be the best that they could hope for. Now they're going to need that uh, in Game 3 or Game 4 to take one when they're in Golden State and to be able to hold home court when they come back for Game uh, 5. That's just going to be really hard for them to do.
1: I also took the Warriors in five, and the only reason I would question that now would be because of the, the lack of Clay Thompson. Because we don't know if Thompson's going to play. Iguodala's injury hurts because that was your guy, Garden, Kawhi Leonard, and then of course you look at Durant's injury, which I always said I don't, I didn't think they needed Durant. As long as they had Steph and Clay, they were fine. Um, but now they don't. Now there's a possibility they may not have Clay. What does Clay Thompson's potential missing of this game do to the Warriors? I know they're at home, but they're down a lot of players and they're asking a lot of guys to step up and play. You're gonna see a lot more Quinn Cook, uh, Jerkobo, Sean Livingston, guys like that. What what does what does this do for the Warriors and how does it how does it change their game plan?
4: Well, it just means that those guys are gonna to have to step up. And again, I, I believe in The Iguadalas obviously hitting the the big shot in game two. I believe in those guys, the Jarebcos, that they can step up and be the primetime players more than I do the Toronto guys because we've seen it from them. We know Sean Livingston can play at that level and on that stage. Um, It's just going to mean that they're going to have to have other guys who who step up and play really, really well. I thought um, Quinn Cook had a, a very, very nice game, too, but again, those role players are there. They've been through those types of scenarios where they've had to contribute on a higher scale. So I, I think it's going to be an issue. Clay Thompson is Clay Thompson. I mean, it's it, 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 all right. He should be an all NBA guy, but you can't have the Warriors with three all NBA guys on, on the three teams. So he gets forgotten about, but I think they're going to um, still be able to function, even if he's at, let's say, 60, 70%. They'll be able to function, just maybe not as, as tough as they would have been.
1: Well, I won't uh I won't go into my all NBA rant, uh, the three teams of how a guy makes the all NBA team named LeBron James, but Clay Thompson Carly and Carl e. Anthony Towns both miss it. But that's another story for another time. Um but the Raptors side of things, they have to get at least one of these next two and I or it's over in my opinion. And you mentioned the role player stepping up, but now Kawhi has a chance to maybe be the biggest thing in Toronto since Maple Syrup. Uh, What do you think he's going to be able to do tonight with missing so many players on that Golden State roster? Do you think Kawhi can actually take over this game?
4: Yeah, and I think Kawhi's got to find his level, too, that um, the Raptors fans felt good that in game one he didn't play as well and they still managed to win behind the big game from Siakam and he played so well in game two and they weren't able to win, he's got to find that middle ground. And if he's not, if Iguodala's a little um, slower, if Clay Thompson's a little bit slower, the good thing that the Warriors did in game two was to throw a lot of different guys at Kawhi and give him a bunch of different looks um, so that he didn't have that same feel and he didn't get into a rhythm with the guy who was guarding him. He just scores. I mean, that's just what Kawhi is. He's a, he's a, known as a defensive guy, but offensively he's very talented as well. So I think they're going to have to put – give him different looks the same sort of way, but take him out of that rhythm. And Clay playing at home, uh, Steph playing at home, I think the Warriors are able to get into a better groove. And I think they'll win this one easily game three tonight.
1: Well, we're going to see how that works out. Uh, I'm taking the Warriors tonight as well, but – you know, we'll wait and see. These are predictions before the game, and you're going to be hearing this podcast <laughs> after the game. So we're going to see how good Rob and I, or Rod and I are. So we'll wait and see how that turns out. But I do want to uh, thank you, Rod, for jumping on and talking with us here and giving us a breakdown of your draft and talking about the NBA Finals as well. Again, let our listeners know where they can find you and keep up
4: with you. So, everything is on com and on Twitter at DETNewsRodBeard. You can find everything there.
1: Uh, again, thanks, Rod, for jumping on. And I hope to have you back soon in the offseason. We'll talk some more Pistons. And uh, who knows, maybe in a few weeks we'll talk a little bit about the draft fallout.
4: Hey, anytime. I appreciate it. Thank you, Rod. All right. Thank you.
1: And that was Rod Beard from the Detroit News joining us here on Wide Men Can't Jump. And, Tim, Rod brought up a lot of interesting points about the draft, so we'll have to wait and see just what happens here in a few weeks. Draft's right around the corner.
2: Looking forward to
1: it. Oh, me too. Uh, Want to go ahead and give a couple – yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, sweet. Uh, I want to give a couple of quick Wide Men Can't Jump updates, what's going on, some things coming up here in, in the next few weeks. Um, Well, I've got a wrestling special scheduled to come out here within the next few weeks uh, That Tim and I both worked on There's interviews with uh, Les Thatcher, former trainer in Cincinnati Great old-time pro wrestler I'm still, and this is going to sound familiar But I'm still in the process of editing this show And I should have it up here soon Um, Also an interview with Kerry Silken uh, the ambassador to Ring of Honor and one of the former owners of Ring of Honor I got to talk to him for a little while he, he shared some pretty cool insight about Ring of Honor and um, Steve, or Tim and I also sat down with Steven P. New and talked some wrestling
2: the great Stephen P. New and he, yeah. was, and he, was the, he was a host
1: yeah we had a great time we talk about wrestling a lot of talk about old, old wrestling and <laughs> current do- wrestling and the future of wrestling did I so just if you're call a, rest-
2: him a Robert
1: Gibson, maybe. Well, he was a hoot, right? <laughs> he is a hoot. I, I just got it, just clicked. But uh, you know, we'll have that out here within the next week or so. So check, keep an eye on that. Hopefully, we'll have it out soon. Uh, the in the our draft special uh, featuring myself and Tim will be June nineteenth. That'll be the day before the NBA draft. We will go through all the picks of the NBA draft. Tim will be moderating. I will be going through with the picks, and we will be joined by special guest drafter Jeff. Jeff will be joining us with his Van Gundy. picks. On, no, fuck him Um the <laughs> NBA draft. So that's coming up. Uh, hopefully within the next few weeks, we're going to have some more big announcements. We'll get w- more info on some current happenings here at Wide Men Can't Jump in the next couple of weeks. So uh, hang in there with us. We got yeah, we're cool working on
2: here. We're working on some more crazy shit. So.
1: Yeah, and yeah, we're I also going to be it. talking Women's World Cup probably on Tuesday next week, so looking forward to that. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a Sunday night roundtable this week, depending on if my electricity wants to cooperate and how late Tim's willing to stay up. So I, like uh, hopefully, up like on Sunday. I know you do. So hopefully, we'll have one, and maybe we can we talk a little bit out. about the fallout from uh, a couple of things going on this weekend. And there's oh, always should, something uh, we should throw
2: a special mention to our one and only good friend, Armando Martinez. The man. Absolutely. We miss you, buddy. Uh, we finally got back a hold of you. That's all we'll say yep. about any of that. Uh, except it was good to know you were all right and everything. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so that, that's all good.
1: Absolutely. Scott Roberts, you're listening out there. Good to hear from you the other day. And, of course, we hear from Ed Bogus Weekly. Always good to hear from Ed. And uh, it's always good to hear from all you guys because there's a lot of you that get in touch with us. Uh, and we love hearing from you. We love uh, knowing what's going on in the world with you. And, uh, you yeah, know, review the show for us on uh, Twitter and let us know how we're doing. I understand if you're listening to the show and you subscribe on uh, iTunes, we've had a couple of issues there. I'm in the process of fixing whatever the issue is. Uh, hopefully we'll have it resolved soon. Apparently you can't get on iTunes and just find us anymore on Apple Podcasts. Uh, there's been an issue with the page. If you already subscribe, it should still download to your device. But if you are looking for us and you can't find us, uh, there is an issue that I'm currently working. on. Uh, we made the mistake of uh, giving our payment to Tommy Richardson bastard, drank it away.
2: <laughs> <room>.
1: <laughs> exactly. But, uh, we'll, uh, We'll get that straightened out. So, promise I'll have that fixed ASAP. And we're sorry for the delay and the difficulties. But some big stuff headed your way from us. Uh, the World Cup show next week sometime. We should be working on that. Some, we're some talking possibly about the women. Uh,
2: some more diverse content. And we'll leave it at that. For yes, now very much we, more
1: diverse. Until we figure uh, it
2: out, if we ever do.
1: And go ahead and save the date. Uh, free agency kicks off. At 6 p.m. on June 30th for the NBA, and then July, July
2: 1st. I will go out on a limb and say that there's a pretty good chance that I will be uh, maybe not on the air the entire day or anything, but if anything happens, I will mm-hmm. probably go to I will probably go to the mic and uh, okay, and, and update and uh, just for something to do if nothing else. If anything big goes down so you can, or, or maybe I'll live tweet it or something like that. So you can get your, yeah. for those of you who have got to work or whatever and can't be in front of a TV or whatever the case may be. You can still
1: find yeah, we're, we're going to be all over. We're going to be all over free agency and we hope uh, you'll tune in. We're going to have a special free agency discussion on uh, Sunday, June 30th. So mark your calendars. We're going live when free agency starts. So uh, pay attention. And dive in with us. So we'll be talking a lot of free agency. We'll be tweeting, and uh, we'll be definitely podcasting and getting the word out on free agency for both the NBA and the NHL. Tim, more so the NHL. Me, more so the NBA. So we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens as we go through there. A lot planned this month. Really, really hoping that uh, you guys come along for the ride because this is a busy time of year for sports. The leagues we follow are winding down, but that's only half the battle. So. Yeah. You know what else
2: we missed entirely?
1: What's that? What, the
2: latest, newest craze in sports, ladies' college softball.
1: Yeah, congratulations to UCLA on winning their national championship. I believe their 12th national title. Rachel Garcia on the mound pitching. They had a doozy against Washington. My girl, Taryn Alvarez, I see you out there, baby. I'm here for you if you need me, okay? You just holler if you need daddy. All right, so I got you. That's my girl up there in Washington. Um, that
2: was, uh, It's a really, you know, for those who are not familiar, it it really is, uh, it's so much easier to watch on TV than Major League Baseball.
1: It really is. It really is. But, again, that's all that's coming up here on Wide Men Can't Jump. And we'll be back every Wednesday, as always, bringing you the news, the highlights. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. We're available on, when it gets fixed, iTunes, Podcast Addicts, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, uh tune in radio, wide men can't and more. Give our sponsors some love. New law office at NewLawOffice.com, cambay.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. It's Facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. And Stay Classy Meets. Visit their site at com. Use promo code Wide Men and save ten percent on your purchase. Again, check out wide com for any news and updates. We're going to be updating the site soon, guys. I'm sorry I've been a little behind. It's been a crazy time of year this year, and I've been doing a lot of stuff. So uh, we'll get the website going and updated again. Uh, We're sorry if you're on there and there hasn't been anything new as of late. We will get to it. Promise. Um, Thanks again to Lance Smith for jumping on and Rod Beard for talking with us. We appreciate all you out there for listening. Tim, you got anything you want to add before we decide to head out into the sunset? Let's let's call a night. Sounds good to me. It's after 1.30 in the morning here on the East Coast of the United States. It's been a really great show, and I had a good time this show. This was a fun one. hope you guys enjoyed it. So, uh, Tim, send us out of here.
2: My name is El Toro El Loco Robinson, or <laughs> as I am known in the gangs <laughs> down in the barrio as Little T.R. I have some great news for all of you. I have been uh, given to a sponsor family so I can leave the uh, Mexican detention center that I have been currently residing in and, to be honest, running with an iron fist well, with a little bit of uh, Twinkies uh, filling on the side, but you know what I mean. I would like to personally thank the family of Jeff Van Gundy for adopting me. I look forward to many, many days with Papa Jeff uh, and his receding hairline. Uh, I will personally promise to see my deadbeat ex-dad, Tom Robinson, off the airwaves with the help of my good new adopted daddy, Jeff Van Gundy, and Uncle, what's the uncle's name? Stan. And Uncle Sam who could be also the father from American death. Uh, I'm starting to ramble because it's really, really hot in Mexico. Peace out.
1: I ain't even got to say it. That's just something they know. Thanks for listening to the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com and at widemencantjump.com. Be sure to check out our blogs over at widemencantjump.com and also be sure... To check out all the other shows that we put out. You can find us on iTunes, podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Also, at widemancanjam.com. Visit our store and buy some new t-shirts that are available now in all sizes. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com and by cambay.com. Be sure to visit cambay.com. And use promo code WIDEMEN to get 20 free credits on your purchase.
3: Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time for the next episode on the WIDEMEN Radio Network.